Hey guys, Tony Reed here. Now we all know spring is right around the corner and you're going to need plenty of podcasts on your playlist for those long hours in the field. The one podcast that I'm going to recommend is Farm for Profit. Tanner, Dave, and Corey do a phenomenal job of having a wide range of guests on their show. It might be anyone from a university professor to an estate planner to a marketing analyst. They even have machine repeat on there from time to time. Then once a week, they do a Farm for Fun episode where they sit around and crack a few cold ones and kind of get off the beaten path a little bit. And those guests may come from Facebook, Snapchat, Instagram, or even TikTok. It's a great podcast. You got to go check it out. They're on all the major players, Spotify, iTunes, Pandora, all of them. You can even go to Google and type in farm, the number four, profit.com and read all about them. They call themselves the mullet of podcast. Go check it out. You won't regret it. That's farm, the number four, profit. Hello, folks. Welcome back to the Straightforward Farming Podcast. I'm your host, Tony Reed, alongside Mr. Nick McCormick. And today we got an even more special guest. And I don't know if I should let the cat out of the bag or if I'll let somebody else do it. We've also got the Montana Farmer 75, along with bushels and barrels. And I'm going to have to let one of you guys introduce the next guest. We also have Mrs. Growing Corn 2020. Yep, and this is where things probably go off the rails, and <laughs> she's going to tell you guys how much Secrets. of an ass I am. Secrets. And yep, you know how it goes. So, so what's new with you, Mrs. Growing Corn? Not much. Not much. Just, Nothing. Just have a house full of people drinking beer, hanging out. Pretty much trashed your kitchen. <laughs> she's been much. making biscuits and gravy and. <laughs> Been cleaning since everybody walked so, in the door. So you, so. you know how Doug here, the Montana farmer, gave Nicole Smith Henry the title of like the mom of TikTok, and you're going to get totally pissed when I say this, but you're going to take it the wrong way, and I don't mean it this way. But you're like the grandma of TikTok, not because you look like a grandma. It's because anytime somebody walks through the door, you think you have to feed them, <laughs> and it's just like like you guys saw it that weekend we went to Burkhart's sale that Saturday morning. She was in her element. There was 15 people around the kitchen table that morning, and she's just going to beat hell. Bacon and eggs. I mean, toast. You name it. I mean, she was just like, don't get in her way. She's in her zone. And so she's like the grandma of TikTok. Not not because she looks like a grandma. Because, you know, your grandma was. You went to her house. You had to eat. You couldn't walk out without eating at grandma's house. And then she proved it. My biggest fear is that people are going to come to my house, and they're going to starve to death. So... If you walk in my door, I need to feed you immediately, whether it's cookies, bacon, eggs, biscuits, gravy, You guys, whatever. how many cookies have you guys ate tonight? There's cookies <laughs> everywhere in my house. I've Only had four. Exactly. <laughs> and they're soft. Exactly. No, I want to keep them soft. That's the point. No. I'm fine with that. I'm okay with being a grandma. Okay. I you, had the best grandma in the entire world. It, yeah, so. it's not because you I'm look totally like a grandma. Okay it's because you act like a grandma. Yeah. Nope. Where me, I'm more sophisticated as an 18-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> you eat like a teenager. Yeah. This is true. Yeah. Pizza. And probably. Mozzarella sticks. Corn dogs. Yeah. Yeah. But that, that's that's in your favor. You don't have to make all these labor-intensive meals. But I want to. Well, I'll eat them. <laughs> Just make them. I know. I do. I do. She does, and half the time I don't eat them. I'm like, ah, fuck it. I'll have a pizza. <laughs> pizza <laughs> rolls. This exactly. is a very true story. Already prepackaged, ready to go. 
Sure enough. I don't have a hot logic, but I think I need one now. Oh, you need a hot hot logics are a game changer. Yeah. In the farming world. You've got to get a hot logic. And they actually should probably give me a kickback because after I put that on TikTok, there's been like 900 people like, oh, I just bought one. I can't wait for it to get here. Then after they get it, they're like, oh my God, this thing's fucking great. And I'm like, I told you it is. It's and now yeah. the racketeering. If you had a case of H combine, you get time to stop and go to lunch. This is true. If you had a cleaner, somebody's changing a bearing, you also have time, but for totally different reasons. This is true. You don't need a hot logic. Just schedule. Yeah, we'll just go to town. Yeah. Go back home and make it. So, I don't know. So, what do you guys want to talk about today? Well, Tony, you touched on it there in a podcast earlier on about Lyme disease and whatever. Not that we're going to go down the health side of this thing, but that's something that maybe not everybody knows about. I know Ryan expressed interest earlier that he hadn't heard of it or didn't know anybody that had it. Yep. So let's go down that path a little bit and tell us about uh, your experience with that. I will, and it's actually good that my wife's here because she can vouch for this. And I'm going to throw out a disclaimer before we even start down this road. This ain't no pity party, woe is me, whatever. This is all water under the bridge. We've got past it for the most part and moved on, but I'll tell you my story because it may surprise some people. And Quick question. Did you get this Lyme disease from a non-grass-fed beef that had eaten some GMO corn? I don't think I did. <laughs> okay, I just wanted to clarify. Just wanted to clarify. I'm not sure. I'll have to go back and reanalyze that question. Okay. Okay. So, I, I was just checking in, make sure yeah. this, this cow wasn't standing underneath the, yeah. a wind turbine next to a solar panel, eating some GMO beef or nope. some GMO corn, and yeah. end up hurting I, you. Okay. I and we got to put fossil fuels in there. Oh, that's well, I, 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 I still on top of oil, though. I no actually doubt. got it from this dickhead oil guy that was just dumping raw crude oil down the road ditch yes. and it ran in my water supply. Yes. And it's been downhill ever since. <laughs> I thought that you got it from an organic, nature be had transgender tick, but I wasn't well, sure. It could be. <laughs> I actually got bit. I got bit by a hummingbird that identified as a tick. So you know, your guess is as good as mine. I don't get you every time. You gotta be aware. You gotta be aware of your surroundings. You gotta, you gotta, be, you gotta be better than that. That was taking a turn for the worse. <laughs> this has really went off the rails. <laughs> Back to Lyme disease. <laughs> All right. So back to Lyme disease. And that's my main thing is because I've never been one of these to put fucking drama and shit all over Facebook and, oh, you know, say a prayer for me, but nobody, you know, we won't tell nobody what the prayers are all about. You know, so exactly. Money in the Montana farmer's pocket right there. So at any rate, so 2014, prior to that, not a care in the world, happiest guy in the world, swinging life by the tail. I mean, you could have pissed in my face and wouldn't have bothered me a bit. Things were great. And we were working on some CRP ground. It's coming out of CRP, going into the tree program. Just this little creek bottom we had, just a few acres. Couldn't farm it, you know. So put it in this new program. And so we'd been working down there. That was on a Wednesday. And I got home that night, and for whatever reason, I didn't take a shower that night, I guess, because I'm a... Filthy bastard. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. What do I call it? <laughs> didn't make your own supper. Yeah, gross. Exactly. Hate to burden somebody with making me some pizza rolls. So I just <laughs> got mad with the bag. Happy forbid. She had biscuits and gravy <laughs> ready for him, but nope. Exactly. My so, so nonetheless, didn't take a shower that night. Didn't think nothing about it. And 
So the next morning on Thursday, got up, went to work, whatever, no big deal. Well, I noticed about noon that day, my side started itching, like right at my waistband, right on my right hip. And so I reached down, and it, it almost felt like a skin tag or something at first. I'm like, well, that's fucking weird. I ain't got no skin tag there. So I rolled my pant lube down. I'm like, holy shit, that's a deer tick. And I, Because you got deer ticks and dog ticks where we are. Dog ticks got a white spot on their back. For the most part, totally harmless. I mean, not saying there ain't problems, but for the most part, totally harmless. Pull it off of you, move on. But these deer ticks are little bitty, teeny tiny, small, and they were the ones that got the Lyme disease. And so I'm like, holy shit. So I ended up, I pulled that one off and thought, and I laughed to myself then. I'm like, yeah, I've probably got Lyme disease now. And it literally went no farther than that. Pulled it off, threw it on the ground, whatever, went on. Well, got home that night, went to take a shower. I had another one stuck on my right kneecap and told the wife then. I'm like, damn, I had one of these on me earlier today. And so we had always heard this whole deal of, Actually, I'm going to interject. Oh, Actually, Jesus. you're wrong. There we go. <laughs> Actually, you're wrong. So we had went out on the river that day because I went, we did the whole kayaking thing or whatever. Yeah. And that was the night. It was a Saturday night. We came home that night, and that was the night we found the deer tick on the back of your leg. Okay, so apparently I'm dirtier than I thought. He doesn't know anything. <laughs> I hadn't. Uh, the wrong maybe. day, the wrong activity. But anyway. <laughs> okay, yeah, whatever. So the bottom line is you end up with Lyme disease from a tick. My thing yeah. is, so in, okay. <laughs> in summary, we found it. It was a Saturday evening. But you had found the one on your hip previously, but you never told me about that. Right. So right. nonetheless, we found the one on the your hip. You always Saturday. you always hear these ideas of oh, soak them in alcohol, whatever they'll release. You know, like take a cotton swab, put alcohol on it, and then touch it, and they'll release whatever. Well, yeah, don't that do that. That doesn't work. That just pisses them off. So nonetheless, and what? we also took tweezers to it, and come to find out, when you take tweezers to it, and you go to pull it. From the head, you actually squeeze the poison into yourself when you do that. Yeah. Which is what so, we did. Because we didn't know. Because Google told us. So we done we that, and within what? Stupid internet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and within 24 to 48 hours, I was so sick I couldn't get out of bed. I mean, like, first just thought, okay, this is kind of weird. Sick, got the flu. And then it's like... Okay, well, no, this is too much of a coincidence. Like puking flu? Or oh, yeah. Just, like, okay. horrific. Actually, what more than anything was he had major chest pains. Yeah. And so his family has a major history of heart problems. And as, in, were, as in, like, not even lying, like, people falling over dead at the age of 40 from heart attacks. Like, no warning, just boom, you're dead. Right. So... And so he was laying on the couch, sick as can be, and complaining about chest pains. And I was like, we need to get you to the hospital. You're having a heart attack. This is what is happening. I've never had any trouble before, ever. ever. Nothing like that, ever. So, so we go to the hospital, and they're like, no, you're fine. Is this here locally? Yep. Yes. Okay. Yep. Which, I'm not going to throw out any names. Me and Nick have talked about this before, but there are certain hospitals that I would rather die on the way to a good hospital then go to this other certain hospital. But that's the one we went to. And I want to interject here. So when we went to this hospital, I told everybody there, I said he was bit by two deer ticks. And they're like, no bullseye rash, you're fine. 
that is, this is not Lyme's disease. You do not need to worry about this. This is something else. So we were like, okay, we don't need to worry about this. They know. Yep. So it just progressively started getting worse. I, it wasn't like I was just sick, throwing up a little bit, and then, you know, you get, you know, you feel better the next day, and you just kind of go on. I mean, it just, it, it just got worse. It just kept compounding. Like, Sunday I was this sick. Monday was even worse. Tuesday was even I mean, it just started going downhill. I lost... 65 pounds in three weeks. I mean, literally. And it, it finally got so bad, I literally, I was laying in bed crying, and I told her, I said, call the fucking funeral home. I said, I'm, I'm dying. I said, there is no way I'm coming. I, I did, didn't I? I said, call the funeral home. I said, I'm, I'm going to die. And so she she dug in. She's like, no, you're, you're not going to. She's like, I am not going to let you die. She's like, I'm going to find out what's wrong with you. Because... We kept calling the doctor. No, no Lyme disease. You didn't have the bullseye rash. No Lyme disease. Well, come to find out. Hold on, wait, time out. I went in there. So in this All right, time you period, did, you just tell the whole fucking yes, story. Yes, I Listen will. I will actually. <laughs> I'm going to tell the story because I, I know a heck of a lot more than you do. So we just, went through six weeks of testing him for every possible thing you could think of. We went from a virus to gallbladder to flu, to heart problems. Literally, he was tested for every single thing under the sun. And finally, I told him, I said, he has Lyme disease. You guys need to test him for Lyme disease. So you've been researching this? Yes. Okay. Very obsessively. So finally, I told him, I was like, test him for Lyme disease. So they test him for Lyme disease. Well, it came back negative. And I was like, well, that shoots my theory to crap. Well... Six months later, I found out that 50% of Lyme disease tests are false. It's a, you have a 50-50 chance. If you get tests for Lyme disease, you may test positive, you may test negative. Huh, do they swab through your nasal cavity? No, nope. <laughs> it was blood, wasn't it? It's blood. Yep, so, it's blood. So, nonetheless, while... So, wait, the, I'm not done yet. <laughs> I'm not done yet. So, that being said, his Lyme disease test came back inconclusive which the doctor told me was negative. Well, come to find out, if it comes back inconclusive, that means you have Lyme disease. But they didn't tell me that. Because I don't think she knew. Yes, the doctor. And like in our area, there's so rare cases of Lyme disease. They just, they really don't know what they're doing. Did you know it's actually a very controversial disease? Mm -hmm. Like doctors are very, they're like, hmm, that's not really a thing. So sounds familiar. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, you think if you'd wore a mask in the woods, would you have been better off? I might have been. I, I very well could have been. I think this was manufactured. Maybe two masks. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Maybe. But nonetheless, so in the in the whole meantime of this six weeks later of getting this Lyme disease test, my doctor that I went to said, "Got it figured out. Know exactly what you got." I'm like, "Yo, yeah, what's that? Anxiety and depression." I'm like, really? Oh. So that, that just hits you out of the blue at 2 o'clock on a Sunday afternoon? Yep, sure does. So, hell at this point, I'm grasping at straws. Anything you can do to make me feel better? Fine. Okay, so we're going to put you on 50 milligrams of this antidepressant, which is the max you can go. Hell, I didn't know. I'm like, okay, that's fine. You know whatever you think you got to do. So, yeah, about, uh, well, the first round into that, uh, 24 hours into it, I was puking my guts out. I mean, I was just like, you take one of the pills and just immediately just start puking everywhere. So I called the doctor. I'm like, well, that's obviously not what's going on. 
So she's like, oh, we need to change the medicine. Then that you got you got the wrong medicine. That stuff's real sensitive. So I'm like, okay. So she changed it, and I quit puking. And you literally could have walked into my house while I was watching TV, and you could have shot my wife and all three of my kids in the face, and I wouldn't even have looked up. I would have kept on changing the channels. I was a complete zombie. It didn't matter. Didn't care. I didn't care if I died. Didn't care if she died. I didn't. I didn't care. You were literally a zombie. I mean, wasn't I? You literally... He actually... It was a very defining moment for us. He actually told me, he was like, I don't care if you take the kid and leave me or not. I, I just don't care. And her and I have always been super close. We really have. I mean, yeah. we don't fight. And we don't... Nothing. We and wouldn't. he was just like, I don't care if you walk out the door. Yeah. And I was like, we have to get you off this medicine. Yeah. We, we So, and the actual, the antidepressant he was on... Whenever you go to come off of it, they say it's the same as coming off of a heroin addiction. So, yeah, exactly. They're like, oh, wait, you take this medicine. It's going to make you feel better. But if it doesn't, coming off of it is basically going to kill you. So, you obviously going from 50 milligrams of this shit. You can't just say, well, I'm not going to take I'm just going off of it because, like, you will be. I mean, you will kill yourself then. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's bad shit. So... If you're taking 50 milligrams, you start out by cutting a pill in half, so you're taking 25, and you just start stepping down. And it's like a two-month process. You step it down to 25, and then you get down to where you take 25 every other day. And then you... Are you still going to work every day at this point? Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. You're working through... The, you're like... Barely. It was all I could do. I mean, it was all I could do. I mean, it, it took every ounce of strength that I had to get out of bed and go get a tractor, a combine... Whatever. I mean, it, it did. It took every... And and she'll vouch for this. I had a pretty good poker face around here. Mm-hmm. A lot of people had no clue I ever went through that. To that degree. I mean, they they knew it. You know, that okay, yeah, he had it or whatever. But they never knew that it ever got as bad as it did. They didn't even have a clue that it come even that close. And so you start stepping off of this. And then finally you get down to where... You do quit taking it cold turkey, but you've stepped it down enough that it shouldn't be that big of a deal. Well, when I got to the day where I was to quit taking it, from that day forward, for the next two weeks, every 30 seconds of your life, whether you were awake, asleep, whatever, it felt like somebody took a cattle prod and shoved it in your back as hard as they could and hit the button. It was an electric shock from the top of your head to the bottom of your feet. And I would lay in bed and it would jolt mm-hmm. me, wouldn't it? You, I mean, you would... And it, it was like you ever seen the movie Walk the Line when Joaquin Phoenix was coming off his. That, that is literally how you were in bed. I mean, that that's literally what it was. And it went on for two weeks, and then it finally it started gradually to where them brain shocks went away. And it, it took a month before all that complete. The first two weeks so, was the hardest. I mean, it was horrific. I mean, yeah. So. From the time that he had all these tests done and they started putting him on antidepressants until we got to a point of diagnosis, there was a two-year time period. Gosh. And we were we were going, we were trying these different antidepressants, we were trying to come off of them, and so this whole two-year time period, he's, I, they say, I need this, I need to take it, no, I don't need to take it, and so he's constantly trying to come off of these medicines, but we're going back and forth. So I know you say it was a two week time period with the whole 
shock thing or whatever, but it lasted a lot longer than that because it could have that that entire two years is a complete blur. I really have no vivid recollection of any. I mean, I truly don't. I mean, it, you can't even pull it out of your brain. It's just no. a. It was just brain shocks all the time, and he would I. Like, he would come home from work, and he would just go sit in the recliner, and that was it. And, you know, we have young kids and all this stuff going on, and he just could not. It, it literally, it makes you so level on your emotions, but you can have no emotion. You can't feel happy. You can't feel sad. You can't mm-hmm. feel mad. And that's what he even told me. Like, he flies off the handle over everything, and, like, something would happen, and he's just like, I just, I want to get mad about this, but I can't. I have... I just don't care. You just don't care. I just do not care. It's, you can't even explain it until you've been down that road. And I'm not saying antidepressants don't have a place in this world. I mean, they truly do. Mm -hmm. There's people that, that need that to function. But for somebody like me that didn't need it to start with, and the doctor just says, well, yeah, here's what it is. You got to take these. And you do. Then it's almost like it exacerbates the problem because I shouldn't have been on these to begin with. Now you're really suppressing all this stuff. And I I mean, I had zero emotion. And I mean none. When I say none, I mean none. Were you puking this whole time? That subsided. Somewhat. You st- somewhat. You've always had, like, stomach issues since this has happened. Yeah. And so we have to be careful about certain yeah. things. So. Stick. This, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Anything yeah. outside of well, well done. done. I'll tell you what, the kid has a good, good reason to only eat hamburgers. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, we fought that for basically a year and a half, whatever it was. Two years. And I was like, I know this is Lyme disease. And I, I will never forget, I went to my mom's house and I was devastated because my husband was not who I thought he was. Because he has all these medicines going into him that are changing who he is. And I was like, I know this is Lyme disease. Do I keep fighting and making him do this? Or do I just accept the fact maybe he has anxiety and depression and I just need to give up? And she was like, go with your gut. And I was like, we're going to go with my gut. And so I found a specialist in Chicago. Did you know to get diagnosed with Lyme Like if you don't have a bullseye rash and all this shit that your regular family doctor is going to say, okay, we're pretty sure that... You have to have a Lyme literate medical doctor to say you have Lyme disease. So if you're like me and walk into your doctor's office with no bullseye rash, but every other symptom under the sun for Lyme disease, they're going to fight you tooth and nail and say, nope, you don't have it. You didn't have the bullseye rash. But if you find a, and you have to go online, it's it's almost. It's very secret. This, this is going to sound weird. And I don't, I don't mean it this way as some conspiracy theory, What, but. It's almost like the dark web. You have to find a Lyme literate medical doctor, an LLMD. And when you go see them, then they can say, well, yeah, you you got Lyme disease and basically certified, if that's what you Mm -hmm. want to call it, and then you're fine. But your your normal doctor, they, they will fight you to the nail. Well, nope, because the normal doctor is going to take that blood test they do, and they're going to take that at face value, even though they know that 50% of the time that test is wrong. If that says negative, then no, you don't have Lyme disease. You have anxiety and depression, and that's what we need to treat. And they will treat you that way. Unless you have the bullseye rash and all the, the classic. typical yeah. symptoms or whatever. So I found this doctor. I got online, and I was like, I told him, I was like, we're going. And 
He's like, he's going to tell me nothing. And I was like, I'm the optimist. You're the pessimist. And we walked in the door, and we weren't in there three minutes. I'll never forget. It was this old codger. He was in Chicago. We went up there. And and it just so happened that the night before we went, I had laid some new flooring in our bathroom. And it, I was all stoved up. I was kind of walking hunched over a little bit. And I didn't think that about it. I just said, Assumed it was getting older in life, but hell, at the time, I'd only been 35 years old. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I walked in the door, he was with another patient. He was, there was this little office that he had, and it was, it wasn't like it was a big hospital or what. It was this guy's little office that he had in Chicago, and he had some other patients in his back room there. So when he heard us come in, because he didn't have a secretary or nothing, he come out when we come in, and I was walking hunched over, and he, so he knew it was us, because it was a two o'clock appointment, whatever. And he said, what are you walking hunched over for? That was the first thing he said to me. Didn't hi, how are you? Whatever. I said, I said I laid some flooring last night. I said, I'm just stoved up or whatever. He said, you're too young for that. And he threw me a bottle. Right, just He grabbed it off the counter and threw He said, go into the bathroom. He said, rub that on your legs. I'm like, I looked at him like, what the fuck? I didn't even know this guy. Didn't even, didn't even say hi, nothing. I'm like, okay. He's like, you'll feel better when you come out. And I, did, I looked at him I'm like, what? I'm like, all right, this is voodoo. I'm out. Fuck it, I'm out. Get in the car. We're out of here. So, I'm like, all right. You did it. I'm like, I'll do it. So, I go in the bathroom, and, he, and this bottle that said magnesium on it. And he told me, he said, just just treat it like suntan lotion. Put it on your hands. Rub it all over your legs, wherever you're hurting at. Said, rub it on you. So, I did. And I come out, and I sat down. And he was back with the patients, what, another five, ten minutes, whatever, he come out. He said, all right, come on back. So I got up, and I noticed when I got up, the pain was gone. I'm like, that's weird. And so we got back in there. He said, you're walking a little better. And I know this wasn't in my head. I know it wasn't. And it was magnesium is what he gave me. And he said, and this guy was 75 years old probably. He said, I've been a doctor since I was 20 years old. And he said, I've never yet found any person in this world, healthy, non-healthy, whatever, who has enough magnesium in their body. He said, it's a, they don't. Nobody does. And he said, and that's where you get all this joint pain from because you don't have enough magnesium in your joints. And so, it was the damnedest thing I ever seen. But when we got back in his room, he said, so you think you got Lyme disease, huh? And said, yeah, I, I think so. And didn't, didn't say a, anything other than that. He said, let me guess. He said, if you drink milk, you puke. I said, yep. And I said, no, I used to be a humongous milk drinker. I drink a gallon of milk a week. Yep, do that. And he rattled off like four or five things. If you do this, you puke. If you do this, you get sick. If you do this, you want to pass out. If you do this, you can't hardly walk. It's like to a, I mean, to a T. And I I mean, I hadn't told this guy nothing. He's like, I don't even need to test you. He said, I guarantee you got it. And I'm like, really? How's that? He said, I'll tell you why. He said, I got Lyme disease myself. That's why I'm an LLMD now. He said, because I got Lyme disease years ago and nobody would diagnose me. So I went out on my own and that's what I do now. I'm like, no shit. <laughs> and he did. And so he started off on this list of medicine that, I mean, it was a whole page. He said, you're going to do this. You're going to take this. And you're going to do this three times a day. And you're going to do this, this, and this. I'm like, holy shit. There, no, no, I can't do that. Because it was no, or no uh, sugar, 
No gluten. It was a no. gluten-free, dairy-free, sugar-free, alcohol-free diet. So basically, you can eat celery. It, pretty yeah. much. And know. coming from the guy who eats nothing but pizza rolls, this was yeah, life-changing. Like, yeah, I'm like this. Nope, I'm nope. out. I'm out. Just, we're, but we're coming from his wife, who was like, no, we're going to do whatever it takes to get better, I was like, nope. This is going to yep. happen. We are going to make this happen. So he literally, they what, what most LLMD doctors do is they're going to do a homeopathic and antibiotics. And so you are literally taking either a supplement, vitamin, or an antibiotic every two to three hours a day. And so I lined up. I bought little solo cups from Walmart, and I lined them up on the counter. Like, and I punch, had, like you put punch in them, little half-size ones? Yep. Mm-hmm. And I lined them up on the counter, and I had what time he had to take I think there pills? Was, there was 34 pills, wasn't there? Maybe. There was, I mean, it was, it was at least, it was at least four feet long of pills in cups. Mm-hmm. So when you per wake up. Per day? Per day. Per day. Like so, multiple times a day. So yeah. when you wake up. Take so when he wake up, he would take three pills. And then before breakfast, he'd take two more pills. And then after breakfast, he'd take three more pills. And then before lunch, he would take three pills. During lunch, he would take three pills. And so on and so forth. And so I had the, I lined them up all. We had a little cabinet thing over there, whatever, where our house we lived in. And I lined them all up with the times. And then every single night, I would refill everything with what he needed. And then on top of that, not only supplements and the diet change, he had to do a hot sauna because that would help get the toxins out of his system. Mm-hmm. And then what was the other thing? That yeah. was a, about it. For that was about it. And we did that for we did it for six months, and then we bought our farm. And he was in the midst of remodeling, and it was kind of one of those things. But it was also one of those things where almost the treatment was causing more problems than it was helping. And so at that point, after he had done six months of treatment, we were like, okay, we're going to step away. We're just going to see what you need to do at this point and kind of go from there. And that's kind of where we've been since then. Yep, pretty much. And and I've been way more fortunate than most. There are... There was a show, it was on Amazon, wasn't it, at one time? Yes, and I can't It was called it. Under Our Skin. Yep. It's about Lyme disease. There's part one and part two. Yep, and I mean, I'm I'm super fortunate to the way I come out. I mean, there's a lot of people that get this that never walk again. Mm-hmm. I mean, or completely a vegetable in a wheelchair. that, And it just progressively gets worse. I mean, it's like, you get Lyme disease, and it's like, yo, my, my arms don't work like they used to. And then three months later, it's like, man, having trouble walking. And in another three months, it's like, shit, I'm in a wheelchair now. And, I mean, it just goes downhill and until it kills you. I mean, it, so. so. the big thing with Lyme disease is people say you get Lyme disease, you take the antibiotics, you're better. They don't believe in the long-term side effects of Lyme disease. And so a lot of these people who got Lyme disease and are completely debilitated later in life, they're like, oh, well, you don't have Lyme disease. You're, you're faking it or whatever. And that is where the controversy comes in because they're like, no, I have lifelong Lyme disease. You know, I got Lyme disease and now I can't walk. I can't function. I can't do this, this, and this. Where the doctors are like, oh, no, we gave you antibiotics. You should be fine. And so that's where the misstep comes in, I think, for so many people that have it is not to... I don't think the doctors take seriously the symptoms that you're going through, which... 
like he it was two years after he got bit i can tell you he was a completely different person he he was not functioning as he should have been but the doctor's like oh well he, he tests negative it's it's no big deal yeah. and so there's just there's so much controversy around lyme disease and how they treat it and what you should do for people and it, it didn't help either that some of the antibiotics that he put me on to get rid of it make you sick as well. Mm-hmm. So like that one antibiotic, it was powerful enough that the dose that he gave me and for whatever I took that for, I'm going to say a month, that's the most I can ever have the rest of my life. Like mm-hmm. that's in my medical charts. Like you can never give this guy any more of this because it'll shut his kidneys down. I mean, it's like... It's Doxy. No, it was Fladule. Oh, yeah. And so it's that... So that's in my chart now that... He's took the maximum amount for his life that he can ever take of this again, so you can never give that to him again. <laughs> Damn. So, it, it's, but I forget, there was doxycycline, flagell, I forget what all, I mean, and um, all this shit was the... What's in the Z-pack? Azithromycin. Azithromycin. Yep. I mean, and it was like 1,500 milligrams of mm, pop, taken like very high doses. Three and four of them at a time, mm. I mean. So, medically, do they consider you at this point cured, or... Mm-hmm. I guess yes. they would. I mean, yep. we've never. So any symptoms that he has from Lyme disease, they don't attribute to Lyme disease. So like, so he still has stomach issues. He, if he, I'm trying to think like. So I'll give you a He example. has heartburn really, really bad and indigestion and it causes chest pain for him. And that is a side effect from the Lyme disease. Prior, they don't consider Prior that. to this. All day, every day, drink a gallon of coffee, minimum. I mean, I had a great big thermos, took it, it didn't matter, summer, winter, whatever, drink at least a gallon of coffee, sometimes two gallons. After this hit, I can drink a cup of coffee about every, if I drink it three days, if I drink it three days in a row, I'll be laid up for two days and I'm out. I can't do it. I mean, I'll be in bed sick. And the same thing goes like, so they say another big thing for people with Lyme is sleep. If he goes several evenings where he's going to bed late and only gets a couple hours sleep, he's done. Yep. He is completely done. He literally has to have a nap. He, I'm just like, okay, it's Sunday. We've had a big weekend. Go to bed. Knock on wood, I felt better the last probably nine months than I felt in the last seven years at least. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's... It, it finally it's gradually like gotten better. It has. It's, but I think it's also because we know how to manage it better. Right. Like, we can tell. We're like, okay, hey, we can tell a flare-up's coming. This is what we need to do to adjust for that. And, and it's funny when you tie all this back into, like, you know, it, it's a big deal. Like, they talk with mental health in the farming community, you know. And prior to this, you know, anxiety, depression, none of that shit was ever even on the radar in the fact you didn't you didn't talk about it because nobody had it, and when you're from the outside looking in, you're like, well, you know, how can you be depressed? You just pick yourself up. You think about something good, you know, and move on. But once you get put in that situation, because it honestly it did beat me down enough to where I did have depression then, because it's like I can't even get out of bed to go play with my three year old son in the living room. I mean, I'm too sick. I can't do it, and so that weighs on you. So you're so that's compounding the problem even more then, you know. And so it does put a whole new spin on it once you're in that position and you hear about, you know, the farming community and the mental health problems that farmers have. Once you've been down that road, it's like, okay, you know, 
this is a serious deal because you know when we grew up that was kind of I wouldn't I don't know if I'd call it taboo but it was I don't know if you'd look at it as, I mean what would you say a weakness I mean and I, I don't mean that degrade yeah, and, and I don't mean hidden. that. It was kept hidden. Yeah. I think for your guys, that older generation, it was just something you did not talk about. Right, you and know, I don't mean that as a weakness to anybody. No. That's just the way it was. Come on, buddy, pick yourself up. Don't be a winner. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But once you've been in that position, you've got this mental block that you can't. I mean, you could have a doctor standing over your bed saying there's nothing wrong with you. Get up and move on, but there's... It, it is mentally blocked in your brain that you can't. You you cannot make yourself do it. And it's... Literally every single day he would wake up and I could see he would wake up and just be like, I don't want to get up. And so, like, I made it my goal. I was like, I have to give him a reason to get up. I And so, like, I would be like, it's a great day to have a great day, you know. And he'd be like, Carolyn, all those... All those happy things you're telling me, they do nothing for me. I do not care. And I was like, I know that and I understand that, but I feel like, like I and felt like I had to do something the, to try to pull him the, out of that. The funny part is, is, you know, you can always look back and, you know, what could have happened, should have, you know, whatever. I'm firmly convinced. I will lay my hand on the Bible. I will swear this to the, to the day I die. Had I not been married to her and I got Lyme disease... You would have never known the name Growing Corn 2020 because I'd have been dead, either from the Lyme disease or I would have killed myself. One or the other. I, I, I'm not ashamed to say that. And I, I, don't, I, I don't mean this as a pity party, this, nothing like that, but that's how bad it got. It's, I, I had zero will to live. I was done. I, I'm not living like this. And if they can't get me fixed here in the next couple months, I want to fix it myself. And looking back now... That's the most irrational thing because it's like, how can things ever get that bad? You know, that you always try to justify that when you hear that so-and-so killed herself. It's like, man, you know, how can things get that bad? But when you've been to those depths, it's like, I can see it. It's, it's a very scary place. And then when they throw all these antidepressants in there that, in a sense, make you want to kill yourself. I mean, that's what they do. They tell you that right on the box. I mean, mm-hmm. it... Yeah, it's one of those. It's a very scary road to go down. Drug and commercials were the side effects. Yeah, so worse than the disease. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, but well, I, and the thing with antidepressants is, it's a giant guessing game because exactly. we know you, we know you're sad and depressed. So we're gonna try this medication and see if it makes you feel better. But well, and how we'll do you throw that at you for two weeks? Well, no, that didn't work. So we're gonna throw something else at you. Your body is having all of these chemical changing substances introduced to you and trying to catch up, and it's like your your brain doesn't know what to do. Well, and how how do you gauge that too? Let's say any one of you guys had a had a bad financial deal that went south, and you're really bummed out and down on yourself and whatever you want. So I need some medicine to get through this. Okay, that's one topic, but what if you were sexually and physically abused as a kid and you grew up with that for 15 years? That's a whole different level of, of depression to me or mental instability versus, okay, you know, I had a, I had a bad run on a business deal and, you know, kind of got screwed, you know, whatever. That, so how do you gauge that as a doctor? Okay, you come in, you're depressed. Okay, so... I'm just going to throw this you at you. You need 10 milligrams, 20, 30. Yeah. How do you I mean, how do, how do you gauge that? Put a I number mean, on it. Yeah. And the thing is, like, I am, I have 
several people in my family that have mental issues that have to depend on antidepressants, stuff like that. The problem is doctors don't know how to gauge, you know, it's it's a giant guessing game. Okay, well, I think you need 10 milligrams of this. Okay, that didn't work. Let's throw 20 milligrams. It's They're constantly guessing and throwing pills at you to guess this. And that was my biggest thing whenever he went through everything with Lyme disease. I was like, I've been married to him for seven years. This guy does not have anxiety and depression. And now you're throwing all these mind-altering pills at him. And it ended up causing anxiety and, and depression. And it caused it. And it, like, made it a hundred times worse. I mean, I'm not ashamed to say this. We went through absolute literal hell for two and a half years. It was the worst two and a half years of my life because I watched my husband walk through hell. And there was absolutely nothing I could do to save him. Nothing. And to me, I guess that's one of the the big messages I guess I would like to drive home through this podcast or TikTok. They see me, this funny guy that don't give a shit, you know, whatever, and that's great. And that's truly where I'm at now. I'm back to my old self. I really am, for the for the most part. I mean, I would say 90, 95%. You're a little grumpy. But I, I guess... I noticed. I guess to, to people who are, who are saying this, don't be scared... To reach out because absolutely because I, I've been there. I mean, I truly have, and so don't look at it as a sign of weakness. And I'm not saying you got to go out and put it on TikTok, Facebook, whatever. But you know, you may be 30 years old, and you might have to reach out to your mom and dad, or your wife, or or whoever, and and you reach out to me. You know, for all I care, I mean, because it's a serious deal. Because I'm telling you, with 100% certainty, without her, I would be dead one way or the other. Whether it was through the Lyme disease or through my own hand, it was going to happen. I will promise you that 100%. So don't don't keep that shit in. It's, it's not good. And you can get through it and you can overcome it. I mean, so enough about my sob story. I mean, I didn't mean to go on this. So thing. in closing, May is Lyme Disease Awareness Month. And if you have questions about Lyme disease, just shoot me a message. <laughs> Are there any Lyme disease fundraisers or awareness things? Um, they do a couple things during May and off the top of my head, I couldn't tell you any of them right now, actually. But the main thing is if She's you... She's too drunk. No, I'm not. <laughs> but if you, if you get bit by a tick, the first thing you should do is clean it very thoroughly if you have any flu-like symptoms whatsoever fever unwellness tiredness didn't they actually go tell to us your doctor and fight for them to put you on azithromycin no, and doxycycline but they also told us too it helps immensely if if you can pull that tick off of yourself put it in keep a baggie it. and keep it because they can test the tick and see then see what disease. Okay. Because so many ticks, not only do they have Lyme disease, they have Rocky Mountain disease, they have several other things or whatever. And then they can... Because that doctor actually told us, my, what have they call it? Babosha? Yeah, babosa. Babosa. I had that more than Lyme disease. And it's mm-hmm. this other off-brand... But you can get it from deer ticks. Yeah. Okay, right. so early on in this discussion, you said don't just take your tweezers and pull it off. Nope. How do you correctly remove one? You go to your doctor. You leave it on. Honestly, and go to your I would leave it on and go to your doctor because the thing is, whenever it, while it's still there sucking, it's not putting any poison into you. It's sucking out of you. 
when you go to pull it and you pinch its head, that pushes it into you. Right. It's just like if somebody was to come up behind you and to squeeze you, you're immediately going to... You're going to vomit out all yeah. that and stuff. And it's going to go in your body. Yes. Yeah. So go to your doctor. Your doctor can remove it. And then after your doctor removes it, have them test it and do, you know, whatever. And, like, so after his ordeal, actually, I've talked to a couple local doctors. And they have started because they have noticed an uptick. Unintended. (laughs) (laughs) Uptick and tick and the Lyme disease in this area. They automatically, if you get bit by a deer tick... They're going to treat you with antibiotics. Seven days. So, go to your doctor. That's and my thing. It's actually and a disease that can be it. fairly managed yes. if you do it early. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But for me, everybody kept saying, no, you don't have it, you don't have it. So, it went on for two years untreated. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it but, just kept building in his yeah. system. And all that venom whatever you want to say just kept building in the system and i will tell you from the from that day forward the day that happened now it's just like she said on the sleep it used to be it didn't bother me hell i could stay up three four o'clock in the morning whatever do it and now 10 o'clock at night i'm i mean it's it's a struggle and so if i stay up to one o'clock in the morning i better be able to sleep till 10 o'clock the next morning i mean i got to have eight hours of sleep or the next day is just ruined. I mean, mm-hmm. I can't function. Mm-hmm. And it's not, it's, not, it's not like I'm a zombie. It's I'm physically sick. I, mm-hmm. I can't function. He's just, he's so exhausted. And like, I've learned when all of this that I've been reading and stuff like that with Lyme disease and stuff, sleep is so, so important for your immune system and like brain building and everything like that. You know, when you go to sleep, your body is restoring all the things. And so I can just tell, like, he goes out with a neighbor. He's up till 3 o'clock in the morning. I'm like, okay, kids, we're going to be quiet. Dad needs a nap. He literally needs that nap to function. Mm -hmm. And he'll take a two-hour nap, and he's fine. Yep. Everything's okay. So what kind of ailments have you had? (laughs) Enough about me. I had a damn hangover one time. (laughs) (laughs) Doug, how about you? Nothing on the lines of yours. I mean, I've had some knee work done and... You know, I, I guess the biggest thing I probably went through is I shattered my wrist when I was a spring of my junior year and spent 18 months in a cast. Oh, shit. 18 months? 18 Jeez. months. God. And so so there's a small bone at the base of the thumb, and it's called the navicular. And it's the only bone in the body that's harder to heal than a hip. Really? And I crushed that bone. And so we go back to the days of the old three-wheelers and four-wheelers and... We were, we'd finished seeding in the spring of the year, and the trucks were clear down on the far north end of the farm. And so the answer was, was my cousin and I jumped on the, we had the little four-wheeler and this three-wheeler. Well, so we jump on these, and we're headed down to get the trucks. Well, of course, you know, I'm a junior in high school. He's, I guess he would have been a freshman at that time. Well, naturally, it's going to turn into a race between two kids at that well, point, right? Why wouldn't it? So we're smoking it, and... And I'm out in front, and uh, I was on the three-wheeler, and I managed to hit an old badger hole that had sunk in. And so we're talking a hole that, you know, you could put a, at least a 30, if not a 50-pound barrel in. And front tire dropped in it and launched me right over the handlebars. Oh, shit. And I, and I can still see it in my head. I mean, just blue-green, blue-green, blue-green. Yeah. And, uh, and, of course, you know, I get up and... 
typical young kid, and damn, my arm hurts a little bit. But shit, my cousin's coming. I got to get back on this three wheeler. I got to beat him to the trucks. You know? Exactly. And so we do. We get down there, and I and I remember I got to the truck, and it was a it was a 1975 International 1600 Lodestar. And so the ignition switch in those was on the left hand side, right next to the door. Yeah. And I got down there, and I could not turn the ignition on that truck with my left hand. Hmm. And didn't think much of it, you know. We get the truck fired up and drive home. And, and the next day, I get up, and my my wrist looks like I've got a cantaloupe around it. And so we go to the obviously go to the doctor, and they do it. And of course, we start kind of a story similar to yours. Family practitioner. Yep, it's broke. Put a cast on it. This is in you know late May at this point. We go through the whole deal. Wear this cast all summer, and. I missed the first football game of my senior year. We go in. Oh, yeah, you're good. Cut the cast off. Well, shit, I could. I knew by the next day that it wasn't good. So I suck it up. I'm going to play football. I wrestled. And so I played football my whole senior year, and I wrestled my whole senior year with broken wrist. No kidding. So, like, we know, we know that it's not right, and we're in wrestling season. We're going to see orthopedic specialists. We're doing all this kind of stuff. Yeah, it's broke. It's... And, and, of course, now it's it's May, and we're, we're – so state wrestling was in the middle of February. So I think it was – well, we finished on a Saturday wrestling, whatever the date was. And on Tuesday, I went into surgery to get my wrist fixed. No shit. And so they – so it had been – at that point, what happened when I broke it, I crushed it. And so there was like 27 pieces, and when it folded back together, it should be like an oval-shaped bone. And it had shrunk, and so it was almost more heart-shaped. Yep. And so they got to re-break it. They take a bone graft out of my hip. Oh, shit. Ooh. I mean, it's, it's a big deal at this point, yeah. right? So all this bone graft, the whole nine yards, they do it. They repin it in February. And, of course, you know, back in a cast again. Now I wear a cast from February to, shit, I don't remember when. And they're like, it's not healing. So they're talking salvage deals now they're talking you know i'm a senior in high school they're talking about going in now and doing a full fusion on my wrist oh, doing the whole nine yards and and i can't remember the name of the product i should be able to say it but at that point in time it was pretty much brand new they were using it on the professional athletes but it's this bone stimulator deal that creates an electrical frequency that simulates what your body produces to tell it to heal and so they get this thing and like we go through the insurance deals the whole nine yards and it's like this is in the early 90s and this thing's $18,000 at that time. So we get it, put it on, and, you know, of course, first four weeks, we don't really see anything. Orthopedic surgeon that we're working with is going out of town on a special deal that he's doing. He's going to be gone for a month. So we get the next appointment, you know, it was a month out. We're waiting. And, and of course, they took the x-rays. So now, I mean, shit, I'm goddamn near an x-ray tech by this point reading right. x-rays. <laughs> exactly. So they take the x-rays of it. Cut it off. They cut my cast off. We go and do the x-rays, come back in. They hang the x-rays on the light board. Well, first thing I do is walk over there and flip the switch. And I look at my dad, and I'm like, it's healed. And he's like, how the hell do you know? I'm like, I've been reading these goddamn x-rays for a year and a half. <laughs> I think the son of a bitch is healed. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it was so funny because I just turned the light off, went back over and sat down. And the doctor comes walking in and does the same thing, turns the light on. The x-ray's up there, and he jerks it off the board, and he slaps the x-ray up from 30 days before, and 
looks at it and slaps the new x-ray back up and goes, I'll be goddamn, it's healed. And so, but yeah, they sent it in. And so then every one of those that he did after that, as soon as we came out, if he had to do a navicular surgery, he would, when you came out of surgery the very first time that he did it, you came out with that device on your really? head. He, he would not do the procedure anymore without that. And, and it's become a device that's become much more affordable and whatnot, and I wish I could remember the name of it, but I don't. Yeah. So that's my big medical deal that I've gone through. Worst surgery I ever had. I couldn't walk for a year afterwards. Circumcision. Had that. Couldn't walk for a year. year, year and a half, whatever it was. It was I don't remember it, thankfully. Um, but, uh, yeah, I couldn't, couldn't walk around much after that. So <laughs> that's my medical thing. For the most part, I've been fairly healthy ever since. But... Uh, I never thought about that. That, that was a bad deal. <laughs> I mean, long-term effects, fine. But initially, you know, the trauma, et cetera, et cetera. It's a tough gig. Tough gig. Frozen <laughs> bag of peas? Yeah. I mean, well, I, I had that later on. I never, on that never cut a good bull right? Never cut a good bull. You should try three C-sections. See how that treats you. From the girl who wanted 15 kids not that long ago. I have I remember, 15 kids. <laughs> I, yeah. I remember that conversation. Oh, we're going to have this whole fleet of them. And then it's like, yeah, yeah, we're good. We're okay. Good. Well, who put the clamp on that? <laughs> well, funny it and Tony. It was not me. Funny it was not me. <laughs> with a Lyme disease. So uh-huh, literally exactly. Literally killed it off. Actually, literally, no joke, it came down to he has Lyme disease we have two kids. What are we going to do? Yeah. And then, surprise, we have another baby. And I was just like, oh, my gosh, he's not going to be able to handle this. What are we going to do? And That one hitched a ride home from Alaska with us, I think. <laughs> Pretty sure. <laughs> I think uh, no, 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 either no. Anchorage or Fairbanks, one or the other. <laughs> and I'm not joking. I mean, seriously. No. <laughs> Talking about medical stuff, whenever Jessica went in and was having Alden... That was like a three-day ordeal. This whole, I wish she was here to tell that story. But uh, I had to leave the room for just a little bit, get some fresh air. And I was walking through the hospital to do nothing but listen to, I say do nothing, but a woman having a birth completely naturally. But that was nice. Oh, I hurt yeah. walking outside to get... A breath of fresh air. <laughs> I, I tell you, the shock of my lifetime was when our firstborn was born, and it was an emergency C-section. We went in thinking it was going to be all natural, whatever, no big deal. Well, some things went sideways, so like, we have to do an emergency C-section. So I'm, oh, okay, that's, you know, whatever. And like, do you want to go in there? And I'm like, hell, I guess, I don't know. So I we, needed you to be in there for yeah. me. <laughs> so we go in there, and of course, on the woman, they put the sheet up, you know, basically about her boobs where she can't see nothing from there down, you know. So I'm just sitting there watching and kind of thinking, I'm kind of curious how this works. So, and they're all in a mad dash, you know, and so they flip the little deal up there and they make this great big incision across her stomach and I'm just expecting, you know, okay, he's going to reach in there and pull a baby out and away we go. No, no. This is like field dressing a deer. They like start, I mean, they they pulled every bit of her guts out and had it piled clear up to the sheet. I mean, there was a pile of guts from her, basically her waistline to her chin 
and it was like a foot tall. I'm like, holy shit, how much more stuff are they going to pull out? And they just keep pulling out. I'm like, oh, my God. And finally, he reaches way down in, almost to his elbow, and you can see him feel around it. And all at once, he pulls his kid out by the throat, jerks him clear up out. I'm like, oh, my God. And she's like, what's going on? I'm like, you don't want to know. <laughs> this is this ain't cool. <laughs> Holy shit. He's like, do you want to cut the cord? I'm like, no, I'm good. You go ahead. <laughs> so he cuts the cord. They hand the baby off. And then he just starts stuffing all this stuff back in like he's putting a puzzle together. And he's reaching up in there and positioning this and that. And, and I'm just sitting there the whole time and, oh, I'm like, holy shit, what did I just watch? I mean, this guy remembers. You, you field dressed my wife right in yeah. front of me. <laughs> Clearly, this guy was really good at operation growing up. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this, this was unbelievable. And, and uh, at the time, you you thought about it, but it didn't really hit you. Like, 30 minutes later, and you're like, holy shit, I'm still in awe what I've seen. <laughs> See, like, Jessica had to go in for a C-section, but I didn't have the... I don't know if it was because we were in there for what seemed like three days. It's probably a day and a half anyway. I didn't, I couldn't stand up and watch it. I was right there at her head. Yep. In the operating room. So on the second kid, they're like, so you come in for the C-section? I'm like, you're damn right I am. I'm going to see this again. I know what's going on. So I watched the whole second one. No big deal at all. Then the third one, it was like. on YouTube. Yeah, I should have. I should have done that great on my YouTube channel. But, did Tucker but, come in and clean it up? No, he, I didn't let him rip the kids off. I should have. He wasn't working. But the third one was a complete emergency. They wouldn't even let me in on that one. I'm like, well, now what the hell? So the third, so my very first one, they induced me, and I had the epidural, and they put my spinal in through that, whatever, no big deal. Second one, spinal, same thing. Third one, they went to do the spinal, well... My spine was not aligned right. They literally broke three needles in my back. Yeah. Could not get it. And I assure you, I was this doctor's one millionth customer because he was freaking 80 years old. So they finally got someone in there. She got it in, but it wasn't taking. And they're like, we have to take you emergency. We're putting you under whatever. And so I was like, what's going on? And Tony didn't get So have you, ever, have you ever heard nothing. of a blood patch? So they, they so they kept talking so they so they they completely fucked up this whole epidural deal. She was in pain, whatever, and so she finally has the baby. She comes out, and like two hours after the fact, she's come around. Everybody, we're all in the room there, and she's got this like monster splitting headache. Like you just hit her in the face with a sledgehammer, won't go away. They keep giving her medicine, still won't go away. She's like, you know, my head it, it will not quit hurting. So, you know, typical doctor shit. They just let it go, you know. We end up, They thought I was dehydrated. Yeah. So, so they kept getting we were there clothes. for a day. We end up coming home. We get home. She's like, nothing has changed. She's like, I can't even blink my eyes without my head just feeling like you've smashed into it with a sledgehammer. So I called the hospital back. I'm like, you know, what's going on? I mean, nothing. She's never had this before. Nothing has changed. She's had this for three days. What's going on? And so like... Oh, yeah, we're probably going to have to do a blood patch. I'm like, what the fuck is a blood patch? I mean, that just sounds weird, a blood patch. And they're like, yeah, you know, they poked her spine so many times with that needle that it's let all of her spinal fluid leak out. So now, basically, her brain has settled down (laughs) inside her skull, and it's basically her brain is rubbing up against her skull now. I'm like, you got to be shitting me. No, I am not kidding you. So... 
whenever we had our third, I was trying to breastfeed her. I could only, like, turn this way and try to breastfeed. And finally, at, like, midnight, I was like, take her. I just, I cannot even function at this point. I cannot do it. So, like, it was the most excruciating pain I've ever been in my so life. So I take her back ever. to the hospital. And, of course, you don't go in the maternity wing. You know, their work's done. You go over in this other wing or whatever. Here for a blood patch. Oh, yeah, we'll get her fixed right up. I'm like, yeah, I'll bet. I've heard this before. And this guy, he was probably about my age. He comes in. He's like, no, he's like, seriously. He's like, she's going to go in here. We're going to give her a blood patch. And she's going to walk out and be normal. Then totally fine. And I'm like, okay, so what the hell is a blood patch then? He's like, well, basically, they poked her spine so many times that her spinal fluid has leaked out. And her brain is now resting on the base of her skull or whatever. So we're just going to pump blood back in it. And it's going to just lift her brain back up and she'll be fine. And, and like, literally, okay. they had me come into a room. They laid me on a table on my belly. They took blood from my arm and then just put it back up my spine. And she walked out of the room. And she's like, we're I'm good fine. to go. What do you want to do? Totally fine. Totally fine. Completely 100% fine. Mm-hmm. Who figures this shit out? I don't know. It's crazy. It's like the crazy. first person. Oh, you need to, I so, need to pump some Blood, blood in back your in your spine. spine. And so after he tells me, then it makes sense. Okay, a blood patch. So you're just going to patch some blood back in where... Yep. And she was. She went in there with... She and was it was your own blood. And it was mm-hmm. your own blood? Yep. Completely bawling. I mean, every half an inch step was just excruciating. Bawling the whole way. And three minutes later, she walked out. She's like, she went to an ACDC concert. Let's roll. It was the goddamnest thing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Yep. We. I remember because we called uh, my sister-in-law to watch uh, Josie because she was the baby, and then your parents ended up showing up too. And I was like, "Well, we need to stop at Burger King and get everybody food." So we stopped at Burger King, got everybody food, came home. We were. It was. Yeah. Wow. I can't even tell you though how excruciating the pain was. It was absolutely excruciating. Kind of sounds like you're faking. that's what I gotta say (laughs) that being said so I will tell you my sister just had her fourth baby and she told me so she went ahead and had her tubes tied afterwards whatever they had to do the whole put her under whatever kind of thing and she got done with that and she was like I will take having a baby every day with no drugs versus having a c-section she's like that is too much for me and i was like really and like because i've had three of them i feel like it's no big deal like i know what to expect whatever and she's like nope all day long i'll take it no drugs but see the funny part that i didn't realize and it makes sense after it was done is so when i told you they field dress my wife and pull all this stuff out and then pull a baby up and they put it all back in well think about it when they put all that back in they're putting a lot a lot of air back in there too it's like equivalent to drinking like nine cases of beer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So after they put all that back in and sew her back up, then she's puking and dry heaving and everything else for the next two hours because it's all full of air. You got to get it all out. Yeah. And then you're good. And it's it's weird. See, it's, I don't think Jessica did that. Really? No. So whenever I had all of my C-sections, my blood pressure, for whatever reason, just bottomed out. And so they had to give me medicine to keep my blood pressure up. 
And so whatever that medicine was was what made me drive heat. Because I remember with Henry, I looked at you and I was like, I'm going to puke. Mm-hmm. And they brought a bedpan to me and I was like dry heaving while they were pulling him out of me. And mm-hmm. I did that with Henry and Cora. And with Josie, I was put under all the way. So mm-hmm. It's yeah. a wonder our species has made it as far as it <laughs> is. I, I want to know who the people are who pioneered this. It's like, okay, this lady's having trouble. I think if we field dress her, we can get to that kid <laughs> and try this and get it out. <laughs> Which, I guess the other, only other option was she was going to die anyway, so it's like, you might as well yeah. try it. Exactly. Yeah, I don't know. It's, yeah. it's the yeah. same thing whenever our goats go into labor, and I'm like, we got to do whatever we have to do. I don't care if we have to cut this goat open. We're getting yeah, that baby it, out. So I guess it's trial and error. Yeah. I mean, I, don't, I mean, more power to them. I'm glad they do it. I mean, it saved all three of my kids' lives. I oh, mean, and hers. Sure. So yeah, absolutely. No. It, I don't know. It just makes you wonder what they done it's 150 just, years ago. They died. As weird as it is, yeah. it's just another form yeah. of mechanics. It yeah. is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They know the mechanics of the human body, what to look yep. for when you cut into it, what to get out of the way to get mm-hmm. to the kid and pull it out. You know, and to me, don't you think... To some degree, being a vet would be harder than being a doctor. Now, granted, okay, you lose a cow. It's like, okay, yeah, it sucks, but that's totally different than losing a human. But when I go to the doctor, I can say, hey, my side hurts. I'm puking. I'm doing this and that and the other. You take a cow to the vet, and it's like, chin acting right. (laughs) (laughs) What do we do? (laughs) Fuck, I don't know. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's like, so now you're really scratching your head thinking, well, I don't, I don't know. I mean, yeah. to me, that'd be tough. Yeah, for sure. But, but what do I know? <laughs> I, we talked about all the things. We dived right into all the we health issues. It's, it's this, like, this episode is straightforward health. It is. It's like, it our, is it's like our, our listeners are like part of the family now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now they know yeah. all the things. They do. They do. Lyme disease? <laughs> Call somebody. That's exactly. right. Anxiety, Lyme depression. disease, don't listen to your doctors. Just take freaking azithromycin. Exactly. And, and look for those letters behind the doctor's name. What is it? L-L-M-D. L-M-D. You will not find them behind any regular doctor's name. I'll guarantee you that. Lyme you have to get online medical and doctor. message yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. I don't know how we got off on this we, tangent. I how mean, do we get talking about having babies? I don't know. We've really thrown our listeners for a loop. I'm sorry if any of these people. Yeah, are. so far This is what happens when you invite grown, Mrs. Grown Corn yeah. in. <laughs> we like go on a health topic. From bacon and eggs to C section baby making. Well, I'll tell you, <laughs> what we got here is the fact that on your third episode, I had no idea, but you mentioned, Tony, you had Lyme disease. Okay, yeah. Which made me think, what the hell is Lyme disease? Yeah. That's how we got here. Yep. And actually, now that I have Lyme disease, I'm under strict orders. I can never donate blood again. So, like, if the Red Cross has a blood drive, can't do it. And he never can have a flu shot. Nope. Never have a flu shot either. Which probably means he should not have a COVID shot either. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. It's just and, and I'll I'll not take one either just to be your friend. <laughs> to support you. Yeah. <laughs> just in case you get Lyme disease. <laughs> yep. Just in case. So actually most people are deficient in vitamin D and magnesium. So if you want to have a takeaway, everybody needs to take a vitamin D three and magnesium. Why do you think I'm going to Florida? You'd be exactly. healthy. Exactly. I'm getting mine in the raw form. I would rather take the raw form like he's getting I would do that a hundred times over. Oh, my goodness. 
I think it's time we move to Florida. I'm tired of Illinois. Fuck I it. just said that the other day. And you didn't want to do that. We can. We literally need to come here. back here through the month of May, <laughs> plant a crop, and then leave, and then come back in October and harvest it, and we're done. We, Ron DeSantis is freaking awesome. Yeah. I'm sick of the high taxes. I'm sick of the mosquitoes. I'm sick of cold weather. I hate walking outside yeah. and my face hurting. I hate that. That's not even cold it's, yet. It's no. just terrible. It's I negative hate. 31 in Montana right now. Uh, I would cry. It's going to be negative 31 here Saturday. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to set my house on fire <laughs> to stay warm. <laughs> exactly. So that's why we got to get this farm talk trip planned for next February. I'm in. We're out. It's just everybody get out. We're leaving Illinois, the Midwest, Minnesota. Uh, I don't care where you're from. We're leaving the Midwest. I'm in. Uh, I think I think for sure. So when's the farm show? Mid-February? Uh, Valentine's week of February. This will be the yeah. first Valentine's Day I've spent with my wife. In the so what are you doing for your wife? Well, I was kind of thinking about going out with drinking with my buddies because that would be more normal. Yes. Around, so, you hate right? to break tradition this far into the marriage. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, I've, I've never, so yeah, probably going to go out. I, I think I'm probably coming over here. Mm. Um, normally, it's always bad weather while I'm gone, and that tradition's holding steady. So I feel yeah. like in order not to mess up the space-time continuum. So do I need to I need invite to her to come hang out? With sure. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. do. Knock yourself out. Yeah. Have it. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. I don't know. It's but I'm just I'm sick of winter. I I just I'm tired of it. I hate Illinois. I hate the taxes. I hate the governor. I hate. If Texas secedes from the United States, we're moving. I I like Texas. I like the people in Texas. The state for the most part has its head screwed on straight. But there's just something about Florida. You can get farther south than Florida. Well, no, but yeah. I'm just saying politics wise. Right, but they're about to lose Texas if they ain't careful. It's just like. Illinois, you got the big cities, and they're going to ruin it. But we're not going down the politic road. But oh, sorry. It. Uh, I didn't yeah. know we weren't well, going down the politic no. road. Sorry. We're staying out of politics. Nobody told well, me that before I sat down. Back to the C-section. Do you think Gleaner kids are sideways in there? Yes, yes, they are. Actually, yeah. Breach. Speaking of which, how's that Gleaner profile picture working out for you? Oh, yeah, I didn't see that. I was literally not on TikTok because I was so busy this morning with taxes, and then Doug showed up. And so at like 3 o'clock or whatever time I went to spread fertilizer in a pasture, I'm like, I'll make a TikTok. And I'm like, there's a fucking Gleaner combine. <laughs> <laughs> and they come you to find literally out. fell asleep at 9.58, and at 10 p.m., I was like, cleaner pick. Yeah. I'm on it. Found out Mr. Chuck Weldon had something to do with this. <laughs> but nonetheless, my wife, finally, in all the years we've been married, which has been, what, 16-ish, 15? I don't know what it is. We've been married 15 in November. Okay, 15 in November, so just barely over 15. She finally admitted this morning that I was right. So she has insomnia terrible. And so she can't sleep, and she wants to take melatonin and all this stuff. Then it knocks you out for the next six days. And my go-to thing is NyQuil. I'm like, just take NyQuil. Because I'm like, there's no hangover with NyQuil. That's true. You drink a bunch of it, you pass out, you wake up the next morning, you're ready to roll. You feel great, yeah. Exactly. So I always take, you you come, the NyQuil comes with a shot glass. So I take two of them. Yeah. Which is double the dose. Double the dose. shouldn't do that. So... Finally, here, like, two or three nights ago, we both got this. She's, I think she saw me take it. She's like, okay, peer pressure. I'm going to try it. So, <laughs> No, actually, I hadn't been taking my allergy medicine, and I was oh, like, yeah. I'm going to. You're I one was... milligram of Claritin. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, was like, I was like, I'm going to 
take a half a shot of NyQuil. And he goes, I said, make sure I get up at 2 o'clock in the morning and feed the baby goes. And he goes, oh, I just took a dose and a half of NyQuil. And I was like, yeah, I'm crap. Like, Trust me. Once I hit the pillow at 10 o'clock, I'll see you in the morning. <laughs> Don't know if you're getting up at 2 o'clock or not. So she took it the first night. Didn't really say a whole lot. Well, then last night, she took a bigger dose, and she woke up this morning and said, I hate to admit it when you're right, but she's like, that NyQuil is some good shit. I'm like, I know it is. You have no hangover. Knocks you out. And it, it was funny because COVID-19 texted me at 9.48 last night, and I replied back to him at 9.49, and he sent me another text at 9.56. Never even knew he said it. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> that, that quick, slept the entire night, didn't wake up once. Yep. And I think I went to bed at like 11.30, hit the head hit the pillow, I was done. Yep. I was up. It's good stuff. I'm going to get addicted. Dang it. I know. That's why I've never done drugs. I, I, and people find this amazing. I've never done a drug in my life ever. I've never smoked weed. I've never done none of it. I mean, any of it. And they're like, you never even smoke weed? I'm like, no, because I know how I am. If I would have smoked weed mm-hmm. once... I would have smoked 9,000 pounds of it. If it's then, a good thing, you're, you're I'm in. all in. I'm all in. All in. And so that's I why I never did it. And plus, because I knew if I got caught, I'd have went to jail. My dad would have kicked my ass and <laughs> all down the line. But no, I, I've sure. never even tried pot. And no, I'm not knocking people who do it. I, I think pot should be legal. I mean, it. I think it all should be legal. I don't care if it's meth or anything. Legalize all of it. I don't care. But. God. Gummies. She's a former pothead. <laughs> I am not. I tried it one time. Uh, that's what they all say. I yeah. tried it one time. I tried it one yeah. time. Uh-huh. I'm just going to tell you, I had surgery this last fall. I had some... Another things. C-section? <laughs> no. Oh. I had... I had a tumor removed. Oh, that's Thank right. you very much. Yeah, it's not a tumor. Yeah, it's not a tumor. <laughs> Anyhow. You did that really good. <laughs> Pop's supposed to take care of tumors. <laughs> they gave me Dilaudid, and I told him after what? I had that. Dilaudid. What's, oh, yeah, that's that real strong. Yeah, and I had a good time in the operating room. <laughs> yeah. Came out yeah. So get this. She does it at the outpatient center, <laughs> and so they and they send you. In fact, I come to your shop that day. I hung yeah. out at Nick's shop the whole day yeah. while my wife's in surgery. Yeah, well, you can hang out there. It's outpatient. Yeah. Exactly. Well, I was having my so, tumor removed. So they keep updating you with texts. You know, okay, we've took your wife back. And then 10 minutes later, you get another text. Okay, surgery's you. starting. And <laughs> surgery's half done. And so this, that, other. So finally I get the text. You're okay, your wife's out of surgery. You could come back. So I'm like, all right, fine. So I go back down to her. Well, I, I can't drive by Little Caesars without getting a pizza. The $5 <laughs> all you can eat. So... I go get me a pizza. Even driving by, and I'm like, "Well, you're right. I did go over that." Okay, so I'm like, "I'm gonna send her to eat my pizza while she's coming around." And and they text me, and then called me and said that she's out of surgery. I'm like, "That's fine. No, I'm just pulling in." I'm like, "I'll be in a little bit." So I'm sitting there eating fucking pizza. And this fucking nurse knocks on my window. I'm like, the fuck scared the shit out of me. She's like, "Oh, your your wife's out of surgery or whatever." I'm like, "Well, yeah, I know. I got a text her." She's like, "Well, you need to come on in." I'm like, "Well, no, I'm eating pizza, and you know, I'll be in here when I'm done eating." No, no, just bring it on in. So I'm like, okay. So I scoop up all my shit, rolling in here, eating a pizza on the way in. You know, got the lid open. Never mind that his life, wife yeah. has had life-changing surgery. So I roll in, Whatever. and they, they swing the curtain back, and she's laying there, and she's all freaked out and crying because she's coming off all these drugs, and I'm eating pizza. And she's like, just hold my hand. I'm like, well, fuck, I got pizza in one hand and the box of pizza in the other. So I'm trying to find a place to sell this shit down. 
So I'm holding her hand, and she's completely out of the loop. So this nurse comes in, and what did you tell her? It was something about if if you could. No, I told so. I told you, like the nurse came in, checked me out, whatever, and I was like, I was laying there, and I was like, oh my god, I think I talked to the nurse about taking drugs, and you're like, what? And I was like, oh yeah, I told her. That I want to take edibles. And you were like, you did what? And I was like, yeah, I told her I wanted to take edibles, but you wouldn't let me. Yeah. It was a yeah. bad deal. So when, they, when they were going back into surgery and they just start putting the drug in your arm to knock you out, she's telling these nurses how she wants to take edibles, but her husband won't let her. And I just want to do drugs. That's where the real you comes out. So the best part was, I was like, oh my God, I told them that I want to take edibles and you won't let me. And Tony was like, this nurse came in, and he's like, did she tell you about the edibles? And she looks at him, and she goes, yeah. And I think you should freaking let him take her. Take them. And I just died. <laughs> yep. I she died. was all about it. Because then there's some stupid lady she watches on YouTube. Brandy. That takes edibles and then does makeup and oh my god it's the it's, funniest thing in the entire it's dumb world as fuck. no it's not it's hilarious oh my god so then she's telling this lady about this youtube channel to go watch this lady take edibles and do her and makeup she was taking notes because she was yeah. gonna go home and watch it i'm pretty sure this nurse does more than edibles just from what i gathered in our little conversation needless to say if i was my drug of choice would probably be dilaudid my yeah, if like if heaven forbid, but if I ever get like a terminal illness, cancer, whatever, I'm doing them all. I'm doing fucking meth, heroin. I'm doing every fucking thing I can get my hands on, just to say I did it. Because I, w- I want to see what's worth pissing your whole life away for. <laughs> when you <laughs> only have a month to live. Yeah, exactly. they're, they're all rethinking exactly. their friendship with you. Oh, <laughs> it's like okay, this kid, this kid comes from a great home. His parents were wealthy. He had a. $80,000 trust fund and he fucking pissed it all away in six months on meth and it's like I want to know what is so good that I'm going to piss it all away in six months so I'm doing it I'm just telling everybody tell right now right now Dilaudid is that good I'm fucking I'm doing it all good. I'm doing Dilaudid I'm fucking doing fucking Narcan I, I don't know what all that shit is I'm doing it all Every bit of, I'm going to do handfuls Let's of everything do just do it I will I, I guarantee you meth come on well, we're going to do it all on so this TikTok. conversation took a nasty turn. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't actually get off the rails. Yeah, like a little like bit, but like way off. <laughs> I did Tylenol and codeine one time. Oh, my gosh. But I, I, I've never done it. Ibuprofen, 800 milligram. That's for only it's four Advil. Hell, that ain't that bad, is it? That's where it's at. It just gets rid of the headache. Exactly. exactly. Unless you need a blood patch. <laughs> I can assure you, 800 milligram Viper will not get rid of that. <laughs> hell. I think you're drunk. No, actually, I'm just tired. You're it's tired. almost one o'clock in the morning. That's all right. So you think we should end it? You think? We <laughs> yes, should I think. I, I think you're drunk. Time, so. Well, I think you're ugly. <laughs> yeah, and I'll be sober in the morning. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I always hate it when he does that to me. He's like, oh, you're drunk. Well, no, it's 1 o'clock in the morning. I'm tired. Okay. Call it what you want. It's your story. Call it what you want. So, anyway. All right. The wife says we should end it here. Yes. So, we, we want will. to thank everybody for listening to our... Thank you for listening. Weird story. I mean, this really got off the fucking yeah, rails. on this. taking a long we, way We around, did yeah. get kicked out of farm talk totally on this one. We're into, yeah. like, narcotic slash pharmaceutical <laughs> talk. We'll see if this one even makes it on the internet. Exactly. Yeah. So I encourage all of you people, if you're going to get 
COVID tested or get the COVID vaccine to take a copy of this podcast, give it to your doctor, let them listen to it. They'll learn how to diagnose Lyme disease. Uh, people that want to do Dilaudid or whatever the hell that is, they, there's things they can watch out for there. People are abusing it. But nonetheless, we thank you guys for tuning in, and we're definitely going to do this again. So don't go anywhere, and we'll be back next week. We'll see you guys next time.